Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and I've got with me my friend Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. It's a hey, Chris. Good week to be back. It is good to be back and to to talk about things related to student ministry. You know, we've been doing this for now over 150 episodes. I love that. I'm so excited that people have kept downloading and listening. I know that when we started this process, I didn't have any idea what it was going to look like, but man, thank you listeners for being here. Yeah. Thanks mom. (laughs) You know, there is a, a lot of fun when we can communicate and talk about student ministry because we can share ideas and especially those of us in the small to mid-sized churches, sometimes we can feel very alone. I know that that's one of the things that even our opening says, but it's true. You know, you feel like you're the one that's there. You care about your students and sometimes you can feel very alone in the process, but no, you're not. We love you. We care about you. We're praying for you as you work with your students. Now, another place that, that cares about student ministry workers is Central Baptist College. Central Baptist College is located in Conway, Arkansas, and it's a great place for you to send your students as they look at that next step in their educational journey. It's challenging, engaging, and inspiring, and they can learn all sorts of things. If they're interested in ministry, there's a track for them there. Um, It's a great foundation before they head off to seminary, possibly even after that. Um, But I know that many of our men over the years have gone through CBC and felt very equipped uh, for the churches and places that they've served. And so I just encourage you to check it out, cbc.edu. You don't have to be a ministry student, but if you are, man, that's a great place to start. Um, So have them check it out, cbc.edu. Chris, it is closing in on the summer. I know that we're in March here and that's when this will release. For those of us in student ministry, we have to think two or three months out at least I know that for many of us, when we're looking at our summer, we have to think about fundraising. We have to think about getting it on the schedule for our parents and family so that they can plan their family vacation. So you may already be behind in all of that process. But we want to take a few minutes today to talk about camps and conferences. Now, a few episodes ago, we talked about the value of retreats. We talked about what that might look like and some of the logistics that are involved with it. And if you remember, we we said and expressed that we love camps and conferences as well. There's just a different type of thing that happens at, at a retreat. And so, Chris, as we get into this conversation, what would you or how would you define a camp in a conference. What what does that look like? Because I know you've spoken at several. You've got one scheduled this summer at a camp and you're speaking at a conference. So what do those look like? Yeah. So that's a great question. Just thinking about how to distinguish between the two. I, I would say within a camp setting, you've got obviously different elements at play than in a conference setting. 
physical elements like where you're sleeping, where you're staying, and you know all of that just kind of goes into the experience. But you know, in in most camp settings, what you have is a a more in depth time of of teaching and study of the word. Whereas in a conference, I believe you certainly have the teaching and the preaching of the word, but with uh, in most conference settings, more of just a a consumer standpoint, uh, if that makes sense. And so I hate to even say it that way, and, and I probably will get some correction, and I welcome that. But the what, what I mean by that is like when you go to camp, when kids go to camp, they're certainly sitting underneath the preaching of God's Word, but normally there are, they're broken up into different ages, and then they're going into their own particular uh, mm, level yeah. of study, right? And so, yeah. and, and, and in that setting, they're allowed to, on the campgrounds and in certain groups, be able to work their way through a particular passage of scripture or passages of scripture and to do that together. And, and, and it just fosters a, a week long uh, time of studying God's word together in that camp setting. And then, of course, you know, all the all the flair and all the extras that come with camp, you know, I mean, some camps have ax throwing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we, we know that that's all there, <laughs> but in a conference setting from a spiritual point of view, it, it's, it tends to be a lot more consumeristic. In other words, it, it's, it's come, it's sit, it's listen, it's get involved in the sense of, you know, there, there's, there can be, depending on what kind of conference it is, there's some, some hype involved, that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of times at conferences, you see bookstores or just different merch tables and things like that. Um, and then any kind of breakouts that you have um, tend to lend themselves even even more to just sitting and listening and learning and growing in a particular topic. And so it's not so much hands on. Now, are there hands on components within conference settings? Yes, there there certainly are in certain places. So I don't mean to say that there's not some overlap here, but I think in in those strictest or thinking about it that way, that's how I would immediately just kind of distinguish the the two. And also, you know, within a camp setting, it's typically longer, you know, camps can go for a week or two weeks sometimes. And then conferences are usually more bite size uh, as uh, maybe two days, three days. Uh, You don't see many conferences now that are more than three days uh, in a row. That's right. It, a conference is kind of, you come in, you enjoy, you you worship, you learn, and again, a lot of great value in those. Mm-hmm. Um, but a camp, you're away. You have driven a van or a bus, and you are someplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. think about our friends at uh, Daniel Springs Baptist Encampment in Gary, Texas. You're going to Gary, Texas, or outside of Gary, Texas, and <laughs> there's nothing there, is there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dan, I would probably say it this way because I, I like illustrations. I would say that, that a camp is is much like a lazy river uh and a conference is is a lot like a slip and slide (laughs) i love it (laughs) that's great today we just want to take a moment or two and kind of express in words what we try to express a little bit in when we were talking about retreats we we think that camps and conferences have some value and they need to be a part of your your rotation your your rhythm of student ministry I know that for many years, we had three things that happened in July. So our Julys were crazy busy when I was at Temple Church in Rogers. What would happen is we would have SOAR at the beginning of the month, then we would have church camp, and then we would have vacation Bible school. And there was usually one week in between. And so by the time August hit, I was ready to to drop. Uh, But it was just a part. We had to plan for that. We had to fundraise for it. Uh, There was a lot of things involved with it. 
But at the end of that time, it was always worth it because our students had gained a lot of a lot of great things in those months. And I'd have some students, you know, from what Chris de- described for us, I'd have some students that were like, nah, I'm not going to camp. I don't want to be hot. I don't want to be, you know, tired. I, I, I'm just going to go to the conference. And then I'd have others that go, I'm not going to miss camp for anything. It's my favorite place in the whole world. And so you, you find those things, you know, even Chris, you are speaking at both this year. You're speaking at the SOAR conference and you're speaking at Bud Creek uh, camp. And so, you know, how is that different in connecting with students that aren't your own? How is it different for me personally? To yeah, connect? for you personally. Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think the way I've gone about doing camp, that's, that's a great question. Just thinking about how to connect. The way I've always gone about if I'm speaking at any kind of event is I have to like, I recognize like there needs to be a, uh, at, on some level, a personal connection with anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, so I go back to that, that just old saying that, People really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, and so from a, from a camp standpoint, like it's important for me to make sure that I'm not just showing up at night on stage and then just telling these kids what I think or, you know, preaching, preaching to them uh, from, from God's word, of course, um, and, and without any kind of connection throughout. So, you know, in a camp setting, because it's a little bit slower paced through the day, you know, I make sure that I'm, I'm out there and I'm about, you know, I, you know, if they, if they're playing softball, I want to go try to play softball. If they're playing some basketball, I want to make sure that I'm on the courts and uh, just, you know, uh, taking, just getting to know kids, all that kind of stuff. And so in that regard, it's different because I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to learn people's names. I'm trying to remember names. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make these, uh, these connections uh, with, with all people involved, but from a youth pastor standpoint, if I were taking my kids to camp, um, I'm not so much concerned about everybody else as much as I'm, I'm going to take time during that week, uh, to maybe sit down with kids in my group and just have longer conversations than I, than I'm normally able to have like on a Wednesday night. You know, I love Wednesday night ministry, but we also know that there's a lot of things that happen on Wednesday night. And in a matter of an hour, hour and a half, you can only connect with kids for, three, maybe four minutes a piece, depending on how many kids we got, sometimes less than that. And, and that's if they even want to talk to you. Uh, so, but <laughs> at, a, at a camp setting, uh, things are slowed down a little bit. You've got more time. And so from a pastor perspective, taking kids to camp, um, I'm, I'm not just trying to connect with them in bite-sized chunks. I want to, I want to take time, sit down, let's talk, let's eat, let's, um, let's get to know each other better than maybe we we think that we already do. But yeah, from a speaker standpoint, a lot of times it's it's kind of like what happens on a Wednesday night. I'm I'm more or less just checking in, like trying to get to know, hey, what what do you like? What do you not like? You know, and just try to learn different people. Um, and and that also kind of it makes it fun from the stage standpoint too, because you get to learn some personalities of kids, and you recognize like, okay that kid's got a mullet and he wants everybody to know about it. So I can call him out <laughs> on stage and, uh, and he'll be just fine. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Well, and the difference, you know, it, it, in comparison to a conference speaker, which you'll be doing that, yeah. I would assume you just don't have enough time to connect with all these kids. Yeah. You know, from a conference perspective, I, I'll be honest, I, that's, that's where, I mean, this is going to be new for me because I haven't spoken before in a, in a conference setting. Um, I haven't preached, let's say it that way at, in a conference setting. 
Um, and so I, I'm, but it's the same time, like at this conference, I'm, I'm still, a, I'm, I'm a student pastor. And so I've got right. my own group. So yeah. there, there's a little bit of both going on there. Uh, as I think about what, what I'll be speaking about at that particular conference, I, my, my thoughts tend to go to the, the part that I'm supposed to play in the, in the whole, in other words, yeah. like I'm just one of several speakers. And so I've got a, I've got a task and in other words, I've got a job to do. And, um, and that job relates to the, the overall flow of the conference. Um, but also to the faithfulness, being faithful to the text of, you know, to the passage of scripture that I'll be preaching, um, and thinking in regards to, um, just the, the general nature of the audience, right? The general nature of who's going to be there. So yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't know everybody there personally. I'm not going to get to know everybody there personally. Um, but that doesn't mean that it just changes the approach, I guess, in in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for letting me kind of ramble through that a little bit. Um, I I don't, I don't know if I answered those the way that you wanted me to, but (laughs) that's, that's how I've been going about thinking about it. Well, you know, it, it, there is a difference between the two. Um, but both of these are different than a retreat. Now, both of both camp and conferences have students interacting with others in, in a completely mm-hmm. different way. And I've got four reasons that I think that that camps and conferences are of great value. And then we'll see if Chris has anything that he wants to add to that list. But uh, the first is this: that camps and conferences allow students to grow closer to one another. You know, there's nothing quite like taking your youth group to to camp um, or to a conference. There's all of the all the things involved. One, the shared experience of being at camp together and eating maybe not great food, uh, maybe sweating together, maybe just enduring somebody snoring or whatever the, the case is. And there's a big old list of those things, but that's all shared memories. You know, we can't expect our students to really know one another and care about one another unless they spend time together. And so what I love is after these type of events, I start seeing students spend more time together outside of youth group and in other places. And so it's that opportunity for students to really to bond and to enjoy. I know that we've had some some crazy adventures on student ministry retreats um, or not student ministry retreats, but when it was uh, the SOAR conference one year early on in my ministry, I was driving a van and the trailer hitch broke. So the trailer kept bouncing against the back of the van while we're going down the road. And this was a time when I-40 didn't have as many lights or as many places on the highway. We had to pull over, unhitch the the trailer, and I stood out on the side of the highway with two high school guys while they went off. And I wondered if the other adults were ever going to come back. So, (laughs) you know, it's little things like that that you never forget. Um, when we had a, a blowout on a, another church and a, a, a tire went out and I'm watching all of us stand on the side of the road while one of our deacons and his daughter changed the tire. And she realized, oh, I can do this. I'm a, I'm a powerful woman. You know, it's, it's just fun. And there are things you don't forget about. And so a lot of those memories, a lot of those relationships are built on the way to and on the way back and in all of those other times that you get to spend together. Now, one of the other things that I think is really important is that um, camps and conferences allow students to get to know their adult leaders. You know, Wednesday night is just a few hours. And unless you're small group leaders or 
You know, maybe it's just that one volunteer is intentional about spending time uh, with your students outside of church. They're not going to have another opportunity to really get to know that person. And so what, what does that look like in your group? Chris, do you have small group leaders that are with you every week? I know your wife assists in your student ministry, but what's that look like? Yeah, I have. We have volunteers. I have adult volunteers in our in our student ministry, uh, and I do utilize them as small group leaders um, certain weeks. Uh, but but as far as a normal rhythm, every week we don't have um, we don't break up into small groups every single week. Yeah, sure, but you yeah. know. And that's going to look different for every every group, but just you've got volunteers, people that are yes. with them. Yes. Um, but man, you you stick them again in a van or a bus, mm-hmm. and you head off to soar and let the relationship start. And that's what you want. You want adult volunteers that are willing to let that happen and want to to see that happen. Yeah. You know, one thing I'm hearing you say, and that just kind of immediately pops in my head is I, I was listening to. Um, a man that I just really, I really grown to enjoy listening to and reading. Actually, um, his name is Andy Crouch. He's a popular uh, amongst many people. Uh, maybe some of our listeners have probably heard of him. If you haven't, I encourage you to check out some of the things that he's written. He speaks a lot about, like, he's got one book called The TechWise Family. It's a great mm, resource yeah. for uh, for families. That's a great book. And then he's written on just cultural issues as well. Um, but recently, something I was listening to, he. Uh, made this distinction between the the culture that we have of personalization versus a truly personal culture. And so, in other words, we we live in a in a world where everything seems to be personalized, um, but there's no real personal connections and personal aspects going on among people. And so, uh, you know, you just think about just how that how that works. I mean, not not just on the level of personalized monograms and all that kind of stuff, but you know, you've got uh, you know, when I walk into a hotel room, if I've checked in, you know, I can walk in and it's not uncommon to see uh, a message on the TV that says "Hi, Chris," you know, or <laughs> uh, and so in other words, it's it's very personalized, but and it, it almost gives this illusion that there's a personal connection there, but it's not really. Right. Uh, personal connection. In fact, it's it's just all a, a facade, if you will. And so the reason I, I say all that is when we go to camp, when we go to conferences, when we have a retreat, you know, it is a time where these truly personal connections can take place. Mm. Um, we can move move kids and adults out of a personalized world, if you will, for just a little bit and and help them to truly connect personally. And, and the reason why that's, that's so important is because in a personalized culture, it's just one way. In other words, like it's all me centered in a personal, in a, in a truly personal connection. It's, it's a give and take. It's, it's realizing that you as a person in that relationship, as a person in that conversation, you aren't just trying to get something from somebody, but you actually are adding value to, to that person as well. Uh, and I think I think somewhere in there we get uh, a true sense of what community might look like. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I think what you're saying, Dan, is is spot on in terms of us kids connecting with kids, and, and then of course our adults being able to connect with uh, the teenagers as well. I think about um, the the vast use of social media. I think about all of these 
personalized experiences that you were talking about. You know, you think about it, you can turn on Netflix on your phone, you can watch whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, whether it's Netflix or you're on TikTok or you're watching YouTube, it's all about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then having personal connections with people. And that, that's what I love. I loved going to the SOAR conference with some of my students early on. And I just remember them going, oh, I've got to find this person who's at this church over here at this other place because we met, you know, they had made a connection and it was before the the rampant use of social media. And so they knew they would be able to to get back in touch at that conference. And so a lot, a lot of great value there with relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a, a big key. Now, one of the other things that they can really do at a camper conference is a it allows students to focus on their spiritual lives. Um, you know, there's just so many things that distract our student. You know, camps especially give students a, a chance to sit and to think about the message that God's trying to convey to them. Uh, some camps don't allow phones at all, so they may not have a screen. They may not have anything else. And I think that's one of the the biggest problems that we have is we are just so distracted. I, you know, I find myself, I'm in line at the the DMV trying to get my car registered and taken care of and instead of either just sitting with my own thoughts or maybe trying to make conversation with people, I will turn on my phone and then scroll through whatever or play a game or just be lost in my own little world rather than sitting and thinking. One of the best things that I ever experienced is when I was training for a marathon back in 2011, 2012, they told us we couldn't have headsets on the the route. So I started running without headphones and that was really weird at first, (laughs) but it gave me a lot of time to think and to pray and just kind of to spend time kind of in that world. And I mean, when you're running, cause I'm a slow runner at that time, you know, I finally, I finished that first one in four hours and 45, 55 minutes, something like that. It was, that's a long time just to have just the wind going, you know, Yeah, but that's, that's one of the great things about camp is that you can sit and you can think. And I think with the conferences that it's a different, different look a different feel, uh, but it still allows you time to be faced with spiritual realities. And, you know, sometimes you've got a speaker who will say the exact same thing that you've been saying to your kids all the time. And they're, they come back and you have your group meeting after the session. They're like, did you hear what he said? He is so awesome. And I'm like, really? Yeah. I've said that to you 20,000 times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, and you know, and you saying that right there, Dan, I think, um, I, I think about a couple of things, you know, from a youth leader perspective, right? If you're a student pastor out there listening to this, which I'm assuming that if you are listening to our podcast, you are in some way a volunteer, a leader, a pastor, you know, of students. If you go to camp, if you go to a conference, then uh, you, you get to you get to lead the way in in how how your kids are going to go through that whole experience. I'm going to use that word there because it truly yeah. is an experience. It's a camp experience. It's a conference experience, and there's nothing wrong with that word. But what kind of experience do you want them to have? And so, if you know, I know like we've talked about this in the past. You know, there are certain events, experiences, whether it be a treat, retreat, camp, or conference where you might say as a youth leader, all right, guys, we're going to leave our phones at home, right? I think camp is a great place where you just, you can just say no phone because for parents at home, 
you know, listen, you're going to be in one location the whole time. It's going to be, you know, safe. You know, we'll let you know when we get there. We'll let you know when we're halfway through all this kind of stuff. But, you know, in other words, that's what's, you know, take away something that we naturally gravitate to that leads us away from truly connecting. And if we're going to be honest about it, that is uh, a lot of times our technology, specifically our phones. Uh, Now, in a conference setting, you might not be able to do that uh, quite as easily just because most conferences tend to be, again, uh, in in different locations. And it might be appropriate to to just let kids keep their phone for communication purposes. But the point is clear. You can have those times where, hey, listen, this is a no phone zone. And, And so that's one thing. But then also something you just said a minute ago, like whenever you come back and you start talking about in your group meeting, I think is how you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't forget, like this is one of the great values I believe in, in camps and in conferences. And that is the opportunity to reflect on what you are hearing and what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so man, make a point, even if the, the camp doesn't build it into their schedule, even if the conference doesn't build it into their schedule, build it into your schedule as a group to have, those kind of group meetings where you're able to give space for your students to to speak back what they're hearing, to reflect and to to be able to really process what what's going on in in their hearts. That's one of the uh, one of the great values I know uh, that I've experienced in in leading kids to camp and to conferences is having those moments where you just give them the time to to be able to process what's being, what's being, what's happening inside, what's happening in their heart. Yeah. And you know, it, you're, you don't often have that on a Wednesday night. You don't have that on a Sunday, you know, it'd be great if there, there are times when, when our, our pastor shares something, I'm like, man, I wish I could sit with our students and we could talk about what was actually said. Um, but w- there's just just not the time. And so yeah. that's one of these great things about camps and conferences, allowing sure. us and allowing our students to focus on the spiritual things. Now, the last one I've got is maybe a little bit touchy for you. You may be even push back on this, but I think that one of the great values is it allows students to get away from some tough situations at home. Not all of our students come from these idyllic homes. They just don't. They come from places where mom and dad have split up. They've come from places where there may be even some abuse going on or just a general apathy about their life or about their, their spiritual life. And they may even be actively against your, that student being involved in church and in ministry. And so that student can, one, be away, be encouraged. There are others out there that believe like they do. And it's a chance for your, your leaders to love on them, to care for them, and to show them God's love in that process. But I just I think about so many different things, whether it's depression, divorce, unbelieving parents, and the list kind of goes on of ways that it can could pull a student down um, when they are going through their natural life. And so a week away at a camp, uh, three or four days away at a conference, and it can make all the difference in their life. You know, my parents weren't involved in church. Now they were supportive, they were loving, they were caring, uh, but they weren't involved in church while I was in high school. And so I'd go off to the SOAR conference, or not the SOAR conference, that was pre-SOAR. I'd go off to an encounter, which was a conference put on by the BMA of Arkansas Youth Department back in the day. And I would come back so pumped, so excited. And my parents would just kind of give me blank stares about some of it. And 
that was hard. Um, it was difficult. Um, but that's one of the things that it can do. It can provide some encouragement um, in in a, a discouraged life. And so as we you know think about camps and conferences, Chris, do you have anything else we should mention today? Well, one thing that just comes to my mind as we talk about the value of these things, I, you know, I, I, wanted, I want to think in terms of <clears throat> what does God's word have to say? Because yeah. we, won't find, we won't find anywhere in God's word where it says thou shalt go to camp every summer. Exactly. Or <laughs> thou, thou shalt go to conferences once a year or anything like that. So, you know, from a, from a very, I think it's a good question for us to ask, why these things? Mm. Um, knowing that we don't have to. Knowing that it's right. not a requirement, it, it's it's not. So, like, why why would we say that this is valuable for us to consider taking students to adults to? Why why is it valuable for us as individuals to even think about going? Um, my mind goes to Second Peter. Uh, you know, in the as, as we look through, say the the New Testament, there weren't general conferences that they attended. Right, Paul didn't set up you know different big events and things like that, but but one thing that that is clear through the New Testament is you've got the apostles being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write particular letters to these mm-hmm. churches. And and these letters would come and be like Second Timothy 3.16 says, they would be a corrective. They would be reproving. Um, sometimes they would be just uh, just uh, rebuking, you know, in that sense, uh, but training them to, you know, for righteousness. And so Peter in, in Second Peter, he would write. Uh, I'm gonna read a couple of things, and I won't preach, Dan. Um, I, I will make this brief, but you know, early on in chapter one, he says, uh, "For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue." and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's important. Those are the qualities. Now, look what he says just a few verses later. He says, therefore... I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and you're established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder. Mm. That's stirring you up. Um, and he actually mentions it again in chapter three. When he starts out chapter three, he says, he says, this is the second letter that I am writing to you. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. So biblically speaking, I believe camps, conferences can be a, uh, a strategic way for us to help stir up by way of reminder, you know, in the hearts of our students, things that maybe they've been taught all of their life, but it just stirs them up, right? It stirs the pot and yeah. it gets them thinking about it. In, in other words, these qualities um, that that Peter is is writing about here begin to increase, right? And it keeps them from becoming ineffective and unfruitful in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. One caveat to that is making sure that we know that not just any conference and not just any camp does this. Right. I would say that when you choose a camp, when you choose a conference, Make sure that its foundation is not on 
some type of experience as much as its foundation is on the word of truth, the word of God. Um, we must make sure that when we take our kids somewhere, uh, that they are being taught the word of God. In other words, we can stir up emotions, but that doesn't last, right? The, the stirring up that Peter's talking about here has far more uh, to do with the true heart of the matter, right? Who we are in Christ and these qualities that we have in him than any kind of fleeting emotions that take place, right? So that may open a door to a whole nother conversation, but... <laughs> We've got other podcasts to do that, but that, that would be a word that I would say from a biblical standpoint, why do we do these things? I think it's a matter of stirring up by way of reminder um, and pushing and fanning into flame these qualities um, that are ours in Christ. Well, Chris, that is a great place for us to wrap up today as we've talked about the value of camps and conferences, and it's a great way to stir up your students uh, towards God and his work. And so just want to encourage you, youth pastors, youth workers, student ministry workers, uh, just to keep serving, keep loving, consider camp and consider conferences as a part of your student ministry rhythm. And we'll keep doing all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.